the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Life circumstances uniquely affect people differently, yet God's love, grace, and mercy are limitless. The good news is God's word is uniquely sufficient. He knows what to do in every situation. He made us and he knows us better than we know ourselves. The Bible tells us to trust him, lean on him, and to acknowledge him. Whether it's a success, a setback, or a failure, no matter what it is, God will order our steps when we depend on him and him alone to uniquely perform his good and perfect work within us. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. Let's pray. And Father, we thank you for that wonderful song. We thank you for the opportunity to come back home and preach in the pulpit that you've assigned me for just a short while once again. We thank you for the gospel. We thank you for a church that loves you. We thank you for our guests who have come to worship with us. And now, Father, help us to be still and hear, thus saith the Lord. We love you now, in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. Have your Bibles? Uh, let's turn to Third John, verses one and two, and now the Gospel of John. Third John, you'll get there faster if you go to Revelation, the end of the Bible, and just go forward a little bit, and you'll find it quicker that way. Third John, verses one and two, is a short book, uh, as, as lengthwise. But it is so strategic, it is so spiritual, it is packed with spiritual truth, and uh, it's going to take us, even though it is short, it's going to take us a couple of Sundays to get through it, because I didn't want to give you too much at one time, so as not to be able to absorb. Uh, so Third John, verses 1 and 2, the Word of God reads, The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. We'll stop right there. I want to preach from this particular passage, caring for the Lord's workers. Caring for the Lord's workers. The beloved Apostle John, who is called the Elder, is now an old, aged soldier of the cross. He writes this particular letter near the end of his life to commend Gaius and Demetrius. He writes to encourage hospitality 
as well as to rebuke Diotrephes for his pride and misconduct amidst the church. In verses 1 and 2, you have John prays for Gaius. John prays for Gaius, verses 1 and 2. The scripture says, To the beloved guest whom I love in truth, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Verses 1 and 2, John greets Gaius and prays that he would prosper in all things because of his commitment. Uh, John prays for Gaius because of his dedication and he prays for Gaius because of his generosity to the Lord's work. It was very valuable to the Lord's church. John also prays that Gaius would be in good health. And to be in good health, he prays that that Gaius would be sound in body, to be healthy in his soul and spirit. John prays for Gaius' health because it may have been that Gaius had some kind of health issue. So he prays that he would be in good health. He prays for Gaius' health because of Gaius' value in the Lord's church. Gaius brought the church much value. He was needed. Gaius was not a seat warmer. Gaius didn't just come to church and go home and come back to church and did nothing. Gaius was a hard worker. He was a ministry worker. He loved God. He loved the church of the living God. And he was busy doing that which God has called him to do. Valuable in the kingdom. I pose a question to you. What value do you bring to the Lord's church? Gaius was very valuable, and we too must bring value to the Lord's church. You can count on God, but the real question is, can God count on you? What are you doing in the Lord's church? What kind of worker are you? Should you die this very moment? What replacements would we have to make because you're no longer here? Who would be missing out of the choir? Who would be missing out of the video ministry? Who would be missing out of the nursery, the finance ministry, the bookstore? Who would be missing missing out of the ushers, the greeters, and all the plethora of ministries we have? What adjustments we would have to make because you are no longer here? God created you with purpose. He created you on purpose, and he created you with purpose. And God is excited about what you are to be doing for him, but the real question is, are you excited about doing the Lord's work for the glory of God? What value do you bring the Lord's church? In other words, what spiritual investment are you making in the Lord's church? 
to you who are viewing live stream back in the Spirit Center. Uh, we'll have people viewing all over the nation. I, I travel in the other countries and they say we watch the program. They're watching everywhere. This is a global network now with live streaming. Even if you're live streaming, I know there are instances where uh, you cannot come because of certain uh, physical limitations and restrictions or your body just can't let you for whatever purpose. And we do understand that. But do you not know, uh, even though you're worshiping and enjoying the broadcast uh, live stream, there's still only so much you can do with that technology. In other words, how can you be a greeter from your home? How can you handle the bookstore and be a bookstore servant? How can you minister to children from the home? How can you usher from the home? How, how can you do a youth ministry camp from the home? How do you sing in the choir from the house? How do you get in the mass choir from the home? You see? So the, 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 the psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And he says that because there's just some things you just can't get done from your home. And if I'm speaking truth, why don't you just give a big amen? Sometimes we get the truth and we freeze, but you ought to loosen up. And if, it, if it's the truth, it's just the truth. No. Spiritual investments, spiritual investments, say spiritual investments. We say about all kinds of financial investments and all these kinds of things. But let's talk about spiritual investments because Gaius, he made spiritual investments. He was a hard worker. He worked hard. You know, some saints do just enough to get by. They do just enough to keep their name on the membership roll. They know when they're about to be taken off, so they'll show up the Sunday before. <laughs> what is required? What is required to make spiritual investments in the lives of believers? How many of you want to be a spiritual investor? Let me see your hands. Some of you are going to be scared because you know some of you quite of you. I raise both my, both my hands up. I love making spiritual investments because I love what I do. You say, why do you love what you do? Because I'm called to it. How long does it take to do these sermons? A long time. Why why do you spend so many hours? Because I love it. I love it. I love it. Why do you preach? It's in my soul. It's in my spirit. Shut up in my bones. I'm called. I'm, I'm called. Why do folks sin? Because they like it. What is required to make spiritual investments in the lives of believers? If you want to be a spiritual investment, then there are some requirements of you. Gaius was valuable because he made spiritual investments. He brought value to the Lord's church and God requires you to, to bring value as well. What is required to make spiritual investments in believers? There are believers all around you. There are believers around you who are hurting. There are believers around you who are depressed. 
There are believers around you who are suicidal. There are believers around you who are just trying to find their way. There are believers around you who have critical decisions they must make. There are believers around you who need a word of encouragement. The question I pose is, what are you doing with those believers around you? You see, but they, but they look good. They got nice suits. They smell good. They wear designer glasses. They got beautiful hair. They speak well. They got degrees. They got great positions. But you don't know where people are in their lives. I'm shocked by the suicidal rate. It's out of control. Depression is off the chain. Loneliness. People who are despondent, disheartened. And we should have a word from God and we should be able to minister and give a good word so people will have hope in the midst of hopelessness. So allow me now to give you um, some insights as to what it takes to make spiritual investments in the lives of believers. What is required to make spiritual investments in the lives of believers? Well, the first requirement before making spiritual investment in the lives of believers is you must first be a believer in Christ yourself and have the assurance of your own salvation. How can you invest in others spiritually if you are not saved yourself? You have to know that you know you know you've been born again. You, the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. The Bible says there is no other name under heaven whereby men can be saved except the name Jesus. The Bible says whosoever call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You have to be saved. And not only must you be saved, but you must have the assurance of your salvation. Some of you are saved, but you don't have the certainty of your salvation. You don't have the assurance of your salvation. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You want assurance? You want to be secure in your salvation? Then 1 John 5.13 gives you that assurance. In 1 John 5.13, it says, These things I have written to you in the gospel, in the Bible. These things I have written unto you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. God has written in this book the word of the living God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Never stop believing in God. Don't let anybody talk you out of your faith. If they could talk you out of your faith, you never had it. You are to continue, continuously keep on believing that you know without a doubt that you're saved without a doubt and all the demons in hell can't make you doubt the the validity of your salvation. So if you're going to invest in the lives of believers spiritually, you must first know that you are saved and then have the assurance of your salvation so that you can be a blessing to others who really need you now. 
Uh, secondly, listen, you cannot represent God and make spiritual investments in people until you possess the truth of God's word in you. You must be first be saved. You need to have the assurance. And then you cannot represent God and make spiritual investments in people until you possess the truth of God's word in you. Third John, right there in the text, uh, third John, verse three says, for I rejoice, the apostle John says, I, for I rejoice greatly, not just a little bit, I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you. That is in you, Gaius. That is in you. Just as you walk in truth. Who's rejoicing that the truth is in you? There's a famine of truth in our culture today. And truth ought to be prevailing in the church. But sadly, the church is now choking on the truth. When you say Jesus is the only way to heaven, even believers in the Lord's house can't take it. When you say God created a man and a woman, there are believers in the house that can't take it. When you speak truth according to the word of God, the culture has so desensitized even believers that when they hear truth, the truth of the word of God, they struggle to receive it. Beloved, the Lord will not use believers who are deceptive. The Lord will not use believers who are schemers. The Lord will not use believers who are liars. The Lord will not use believers who are hypocrites. Sometimes people say, well, I don't want to go to church because they're full of hypocrites. I say, well, that's good. That's where they should be. If they're going to get saved, it's going to be in the church. They'll be in the church. And, uh, and we pray that the truth keep working on them, working on them till they get converted and they're no longer hypocrites. At least they got, at least they're in the environment where they can come to the light. You can't expect them to come to the light from the club. I'm glad they least in the right place. <laughs> Believers make the most spiritual impact on their families when they have truth. When you have the truth in you, you make the greatest spiritual investment in the church. When you have the truth resident in you, you make the greatest spiritual impact in the workplace, in your work environment, in the classroom, on your friends. When you are genuine, when you are authentic and full of the truth, people are blessed by your presence. This world is system is filled with lies. The political world is filled with lies. The media is filled with lies. And you have to know what is truth before you can detect what is error. How do you know what is false until you first know what is truth? Listen, next, you really cannot make a spiritual investment in others until you have their best interests and highest good at heart. You, you write that down, write it well. You really cannot make a spiritual investment in others until you have their best interests and they know you have their highest 
uh, your highest good at heart. Third John 2a says, third John 2a says, beloved, I pray that you prosper, that you may prosper in all things. Now park right there. So you know what? Some of you would go right past that verse because you read too fast. You don't read slowly and meditatively. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. I got a question. When's the last time you told somebody that? I'm praying that you may prosper in all things. That's so, that, that sounds strange because it's never said. But, but John says, I'm praying that you may prosper in all things. The spirit of jealousy will hinder you from praying that the people you serve would prosper spiritually and physically to the glory of God as you minister to them. It should be your prayer that those you serve be more successful than you. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Did you? Oh, where the, where the amen? When, when I'm serving people, when I'm discipling people, I don't want them to just stop and be level equal with me. I want them to ultimately surpass me. I want them to be better than me. I want my children to be better than me. I want those I teach to be better than me. I want folks to grow on beyond me. I don't have it all. I want to see people succeed and even go beyond. I don't want to limit people's potential because I want to be ahead of them. Now, this is different now, but hang on. It should be your prayer that those you serve be more successful than you. And look, now you're going to really joke and even surpass you in the work of the Lord. Even surpass you. And such is the case when my wife and I traveled to Africa uh, and we looked at the ministries of, of Peter and Charles and Fred. When we look at those ministries, I mean, they started so humbly, so lowly. Tent, Peter's tent had about 30, 40 people. He started about when we started back in 1988. His, we have a tent that the wind would blow down. Had very little of anything. And where they were staying was just so um, j- just so humbling. And, and, and Charles the same way. He was serving Peter with absolutely nothing. And God put us in their lives early on when they couldn't give us a thing. But we believed in them when they had absolutely nothing. And Gerald, her husband, was the gateway to our getting to Africa when we allowed him to come into our home because the the Bible school closed at Texas Bible College, of which I was on the board at that time. He had nowhere to stay, so we welcomed him into our home. We were quite young after going to his hill, and he, he stayed in our home. And wherever we went, he went. Wherever we lived, he lived. Uh, we'd moved houses or whatever. He moved with us, or Christmas with us. My, my grandparents, Christmas in Houston, graduations, everything. Part of the family. And he said... I want to take you home to Africa, and I want you to see my people there. And in 1992, we made that first trip with Bill Thomas and a few others. And because of that connection through Gerald being the gateway, not knowing. And, I, I, and you know what? I asked Gerald, uh, we were so close as we were growing I said, Gerald, when I die, I want you to do my funeral. 
because we, we loved each other that much. And we had that love relationship. He was a, he was a wonderful student of the word, a wonderful family man, loved his children, had great vision for the Lord. He said, I would. I married Gerald and his wife. And, uh, and little did I know, instead of him burying me, he said I had a sudden heart attack in 2014 in Rwanda. And I got a call, everybody screaming, and he had died of a massive heart attack, leaving a widow and four little children. So I ended up marrying him and burying him at the age of, at the age of 45, he died. He was on, he didn't live long, but he had a quality of life. But he was the gateway of us getting into Africa to meet all of these people. Listen, you need to write this down. The kingdom of God is advanced through relationships. Those relationships, the relationship with Gerald led to a relationship with Peter and Charles and all those others. And we were vesting in the ministry and the child sponsorship programs and all the needs. And you all gave generous. And that's why God has blessed this church, because we are blessed to be a blessing. You say, do you do you have local missions as well? Yes, we do. We have local missions all over the city. That's too much to talk about right now. But we believe in local missions and we believe in foreign missions to the glory of almighty God. And now, listen, those ministries that start so humbly, those ministries over there has surpassed way past the ministry of Maranatha. When you see the schools in all the cities that they have, thousands of kids, thousands of sponsorships going forth. When you see the we walk in the hospitals and see the hospital operational and see all the movement of the doctors and the nurses and the equipment and all that stuff. When we see the, the when we see all of those things, when we, when we when we see the baby home for adoptions and the clinics and when we see all all of those things happening, we see the greatness and grandeur of the ministry. And I look and I say, wow! And they treat my wife and I like royalty over there. Because they said, you invested in us when we had nothing. You gave us a helping hand. A lot of folks want to jump on board when you're successful. But it's another thing to jump on board when you have to put yourself in risk because you really don't know them that well. Ministry involves risk. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.